Well, hello, everybody. It's good to see everyone today. Um, try and move this a little bit. Uh, we are going to be in Psalm 121 today. Uh, I brought my laptop just in case my notes are out of order like last time. <laughs> Hopefully not. So the title of today's message is, Where Does Your Help Come From? Um, this, is, uh, this is one of the Psalms, I think there's about 20 of them, all in a row that are titled Psalms of Ascent. These are usually, uh, especially this one is a psalm where um, the author, it actually doesn't say who the author was, but there's, there's a couple possibilities. Either they were returning from exile or they were uh, making the journey to Jerusalem to uh, make their annual sacrifice for their family. Uh, this is one of those psalms where maybe when you were growing up, right before you went on a journey, you would pray this psalm uh, to... Um, ask God to protect you on your journey. So let's go ahead and read it. Psalm 121, a song of ascents. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time and forevermore. Uh, so there have been um, times in my life, I'm sure you guys have experienced this as well, where you've been through some difficulty. Um, uh, a lot of you know my story with, with uh, my son and everything that we've gone through with him. Uh, if you don't, you're going to hear it. So, <laughs> uh, When he was about 18 months old, he, uh, was, we started noticing some, uh, uh, we weren't really sure what to call it, but he would, he would, he would kind of kneel over and clench at his stomach uh, and for a couple, eh, maybe 30 seconds or so at a time. And, you know, we, we were curious what was going on. We had no idea. So we, we thought it was dietary, you know, bending over, holding your stomach. Your stomach hurts maybe. You know, he's only 18 months old, so he's not talking a ton. So it's not being communicated verbally what's going on. So we're kind of guessing. So we changed his diet, tweaked it a little bit, tried to see if anything worked, and uh, nothing happened, you know, taking dairy out or certain vegetables or fruits, you know, whatever it may be. And nothing seemed to change. So... Uh, we were fortunate enough one, one morning to capture it on video, and we sent it over to my mom, who uh, is an RN at uh, Bronson Methodist Hospital in the Pediatrics Intensive Care Unit. Um, she was able to look at it and take it over to the gastrointestinal doctor and see exactly what's going on, see if they had any ideas. And they sent the video over to the neurologist who uh, works over there in the, at Bronson. And the neurologist essentially said, you guys need to come in ASAP. So we got in. Uh, it was, I still remember, it was Halloween, um, uh, 2017 maybe? 2017, I think. And uh, we had the EKG. We've got a bunch of pictures from when he was a little kid. And uh, he had the little helmet on with all the cords and wires coming off so that they could read his brain functioning and, and see what's going on. And, and they... The, the neurologist there told us that it was Deuce syndrome, which is a childhood form of epilepsy. Um, 
you know, me, I, I'm one of those people who I like to get, you know, more than one opinion. So we took him up to uh, Helen DeVos Children's Hospital in Grand Rapids, and that doctor told us that it was a um, childhood, I can't remember what it was, childhood spasms or something like that. So we wanted a third opinion, so we ended up, we actually ended up getting an appointment at C.S. Mott Children's Hospital at University of Michigan. Um, and over the course of a few uh, visits, they were able to determine that it was Deuce syndrome, childhood epilepsy. And uh, we were able to get him on a dietary plan, um, keto diet, most of you know that. Some people don't know this. It was actually developed for uh, uh, treating seizures. It changes the chemical makeup of your brain and, and helps with that. Um, you know, with, with difficulties, there are times where you wonder why these things are happening, uh, why it is that God puts you through some of these circumstances, these difficult times in your life. Um, you start to question what's going on. We have people in our church today who are going through pain. Uh, we have um, difficulty in marriages, difficulty in relationships with parents and their children, Friends, uh, we have people suffering through financial difficulties. Um, we have people, you know, suffering through loss of life for a loved one or a friend. Um, today I want to present you with three biblical truths on where you can look for help in those difficult times. Uh, because we, we have help in our Father, in God. So before we get started, let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, another day. Thank you that we're all able to be here. It's, it's no mistake that we're all here this morning. Um, you've set forth for us to look and set our eyes to you to find where our help comes from in our difficulties. We're thankful that we follow a God who is so willing to hear from us, to, to hear our prayers. More importantly, a God who answers our prayers, Lord. So I, I pray that each and every one of us here today would not uh, neglect that opportunity that we have to come before your throne to bring our requests to the to God of creation. Lord, so thank you. I pray that as I speak today, it wouldn't be me, but it would be you working through me. I pray that everyone would have open hearts and minds to, to hear what it is that you have for them today, to make applications in our own lives where we need uh, changes. So thank you. I see things in your name. Amen. All right, so the first point of um, the sermon this morning is we find our help in the God of creation. Uh, we have this, this awesome, you know, I, I don't think that this is in here by mistake. I think that it was very purposefully put in that uh, our help comes from God, the maker of the heavens and earth. Um, I don't know if you've ever sat and actually contemplated this. You know, we had an opportunity to go to Wyoming last year, and uh, one of the things that we did is we're, we're going into the valley. You can see the Grand Teton mountain range in front of you. Um, which actually, if you look at your, your program, the cover is a photo uh, of the Grand Teton mountain range. Uh, we got to see that while we're coming in, the sun setting behind it, and we've got all, you know, elk herds and everything. And it was in that moment where we really sat and we were looking at everything, and it really came to mind just how powerful God is, that he created all of this for us to enjoy. Um, and, you know, I, I, it, it just becomes so overwhelming that kind of power, you know, when I, I've always, I've always, through my life, had a, a fascination with astronomy. Um, it's actually one of the classes in high school I did well in, um, which if any of you knew me when I was a kid, that's a big thing. 
Uh, and that's actually continued to this day. I still enjoy going out and, and looking at the stars. I actually moved out of town specifically so that I can see the stars better than here in Kalamazoo or in Portage. Um, you know, there was a, a comet that came through a couple of years ago. Some of you may remember that. Uh, just two years ago, I believe. Uh, that kind of re-sparked my fascination with astronomy. My parents actually were able to get me a pair of, I meant to bring them today, uh, astronomy binoculars. They're like this tall and, you know, they really, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, one of the things that I've, I've been doing, you know, trying to have my kids do with me as well is going out and just, just looking at the stars. You know, when you look up, especially when it's dark out, you can really see just how many there are. But, you know, I take these binoculars and I look up in the same spot I've been looking with my bare eye and, and it just, it's fascinating how much, how dense the heavens are. Um, and the Bible tells us, you know, in the creation account, Brad's gone over this several times with all of us, but we have this this, this intricate uh, creation of everything. And then when he refers to how the stars were made, we just have three words, and the stars. And you have this, just looking at how much there is out there and how God creates it with three words really shows you the immense power that he has over his creation. Uh, and the really fascinating thing about all of this for me is he has that much power. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us um, in Isaiah 40, 26, not going to be on the screen, I apologize. Lift your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. So that tells us that not only did he create each and every one of them, but he knows where each and every one of them is. He knows where, sorry, where they are. He knows their name. Not one of them is out of place. Uh, and and that, that kind of attention to detail he has for the vast universe, yet he knows you, each and every one of you by name as well. He knows your heart. He knows every thought that's in your head. Um, and he's there to help you in times of need. Um, he's there to help you when you're weak. He's there to help you when you're struggling through things. Now, we've all been there. We've all experienced the loss of a parent, of a, a loved one, of a child, of a friend. Um, we know how hard it can be, but the Bible promises that when we lean on God, he won't fail us. Uh, and that leads us to our first point, uh, in this point. Uh, God will help us when we are weak. Uh, it says, I lift my, high, my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Well, it comes from God. The Psalms are filled with examples of this. Uh, a lot of you know, you know David, the, you know, the king of Israel. He wrote most of the Psalms, not all of them. Uh, but he, he wrote quite a few of them. And, and we, when we look at the life of David, uh, you know, we can think that he was a great, powerful king, but he really had a lot of difficulties in his life. Um, early on, he was uh, kind of an afterthought for his family. You know, when Samuel comes to the town and, and uh, Jesse brings all of his sons, he leaves David at home. David is, is not brought, he's not among the, the sons who Jesse thinks is going to be one of the kings. And... Um, you know, that, that can be painful, being left out like that. And then through his life, we see him following King Saul, who, uh, pretty messed up guy. Um, he did not seek God many times in his life. Um, and there are times we read that Saul chased David down, and he's trying to kill him. David's wandering the desert, trying to, trying to hide from Saul. Uh, there's a couple instances when when Saul has him cornered uh, and, and God provides 
rescue, escape, protection for David. Uh, Psalm 46, one says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Uh, David would know this, right? David knows difficulty. Uh, he's, he's been one who uh, has been chased down. People wanted him dead numerous times. You know, you have the other, the other instance where his own son, Absalom, is trying to chase him down and kill him. And God provides rescue for him. Uh, Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Uh, that's one of the more um, reassuring verses within the Bible that, that I've found that God is with me at all times. Uh, to know that our God, he chose us and he loves us. He promises that he's there with us. That we don't need to be afraid because he's going to uphold us when we're weak. Uh, this passage is actually addressing Israel uh, as they're going through difficulties while they're in exile from the promised land. It was written to them, but we also receive these blessings through, our, through the covenant with Christ. Um, we're promised the same things. We're promised to be, to be rescued. We know that because in Hebrews 4.16 it says, Let us then be confident or let, sorry, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Uh, this passage is uh, brought to us when the author of Hebrews is um, reminding us that we have a great high priest in Christ and he offers us direct access to the throne. We don't have to go through a priest to get access to God. Uh, we can go through Christ. Uh, we can receive the blessings that God has in store for us. Which leads us to the next point. God's never going to leave us. Deuteronomy 31, 6 and 8 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And then verse 8 said, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. You know, we see this throughout the Old Testament uh, and the New Testament. Even when Israel chooses their own way, uh, God is still with them. Um, he may withhold blessing in, the, in those moments, but God is still with them. Uh, pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He's always with them, leading them. He's always with you, leading you as well. You just need to follow after him. That's the important thing. First uh, Chronicles 28 verse 20 says, Then David said to his, his son Solomon, be strong and courageous and do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed for the Lord. Even my God is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. This is one of those things that we read throughout the Bible is, is that God will not leave you. God will not forsake you. Um, there's never been a moment in your life where you've experienced the absence of God. We're actually told that that's what hell is, is the absence of God. Uh, even times when we feel alone, uh, there, there's, there's never been a time where you've been truly alone. God is with you. And we're promised that he will always be with you. He's never going to leave you. Number two, we find our protection in God. This one's just, a, I, I, was, I was doing a word study on protection, uh, and it is everywhere. I mean, it is cover to cover within the Bible. Um, 
Think about the Israelites as they, you know, in the book of Joshua, the Israelites are, are finally making it into the promised land after 40 years of wandering the desert. And, and God is with them in their battles uh, as they go through Israel, um, getting rid of all of the people who are there so that they can have the promised land that God told them they would have. They don't lose any of those battles. Um, now, there are instances where they don't destroy all of the people that they were supposed to destroy, uh, which is kind of where the conflict has led that we still have to this day, especially in light of the news of the last few weeks with the conflict in Israel. Um, that is a direct result of them not obeying God in that instance and not destroying all of the nations that were in Israel at the time. Um, and then obviously we have Jacob and Esau and Isaac and Ishmael where they, they clashed their entire lives and, and that clash is still happening to this day. It's heartbreaking to see. All that we can do is pray. That's, that's what we're called to do is to pray for them. Uh, another verse that this reminds me of, and this isn't going to be on the screen either, I apologize. Uh, it, you know, the, the account, this is one that we hear from the time we're little kids of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, as they are, um, King Nebuchadnezzar is trying to force everybody to bow down and worship him at the sound of a horn every day. And these three men, these three uh, men who are following God, they refuse and Nebuchadnezzar says, well, if you refuse, we're going to throw you into a fiery furnace. And it's, so, it's said that it's so hot that when they, they just come near, people are like melting when they come near the furnace. That's how hot it is. Uh, Daniel 3.17 says, if this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. We know how this turns out. Then after that, we know they're cast into a fiery furnace. And what do we see? Well, we see an angel of the Lord in there with them. And they are rescued. They are protected from this dangerous circumstance that they find themselves in. Uh, I, I don't know how many of you remember the, the VeggieTales episode uh, of the, the bunny. I'm not going to sing it. I'll, I'll spare you for that much. But um, it's... It, it, the nice thing about VeggieTales is it really takes biblical accounts and, and gives it to our kids in a way that's easy to understand and maybe a, a little less terrifying. <laughs> Being thrown into a fiery furnace is not something that, uh, you know, kids dream about at night. So uh, VeggieTales always has had a good way, and, and in it, Bob, Larry, and Junior Asparagus, they, they all refuse to bow down to the bunny, the chocolate bunny that... Nebuchadnezzar's factory, his chocolate factory is made. And he throws them into a fiery furnace and God is there and he rescues them. Uh, we're offered the same help in our difficulties, that God is going to rescue you out of these times. Um, something that I, I think is really important that we need to notice in that account is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are rescued out of their suffering because they followed God, Right? This is something that I think is incredibly important for us to understand today. When we follow God, that's the next point, when we follow God, he will not let us fall. When we follow God, he will not let us fall. Um, I've, I've had in my lifetimes where I've uh, wandered, I've, you know, I've gone down a path that um, you know, mom and dad wouldn't be proud of, that God wouldn't be proud of. And 
during those times, I experience extreme difficulty. But when, when I come back to God, he, there's this, he has this fascinating way of just blessing my socks off. It's amazing to see happen. Um, the protection of God and the blessings that come from him, they, they come to us when we choose to follow him with our lives. This is a theme that we see throughout the Bible. I, mean, I already mentioned Saul and David. This is a perfect example. You have the, the kingship of Saul where he is this big, strong, burly man, but he doesn't listen to what God says. And there are times where God gives him the spirit. Remember, in the Old Testament, the spirit wasn't poured out to everybody who followed God. It was poured out to specific people who God had in leadership. The prophets, the judges, uh, the kings oftentimes had the spirit with them. And there are times where, where when Saul disobeys God, he removes the Holy Spirit from him. And, and we read that he goes insane in these times. Uh, to the point where when, when David is praying, he says, God, please do not remove your spirit from me. Because he's seen what happens when that happens. You know, the absence of the spirit is a terrifying thought. But when we see this contrast between Saul, who was a, a, a sinful king, who didn't follow the will of God for the nation of Israel, um, in fact, oftentimes he brings idols into the, into the tabernacle, and they, they end up worshiping idols. And then we have David, who even in his, you know, he, did, he wasn't perfect, right? David, with the, the sin of Bathsheba and taking her wife or her husband and putting him on the front lines and having him killed. Um, you got adultery, you have murder, you have lying, you have all kinds of things. And then Nathaniel comes and calls him out on it. And what does David do? He repents. There's the difference. There's the difference. This is why they call, we all call David a man after God's own heart. It's not because he's perfect. It's because he follows God and he does what honors God, which is repenting of his sins. David's kingdom is blessed. David's kingdom thrives through himself and his son till the end days of his son. Uh, when you follow God, he's going to bless you. When you follow God, he's going to take care of you. He's going to protect you. When you choose to follow your own selfish will, that's when the bad things happen. You know, we recently did a study on God's faithfulness. Actually, it wasn't that recently. It was about two years ago on a bike trip. Um, <laughs> but we, we had our student leaders present examples of God's faithfulness within the Bible. We had Emily, Ellie, uh, Timmy, and Ben they all offer different times, different ways that God is faithful within Scripture. Uh, and then I finished it up on Sunday, and, and we, we looked at all of the times in the Bible where God has promised something, and what do you know? It happens. That's not just the blessings. That's the curses as well. You know, God told, Lot, told Lot's wife, hey, don't, or, yeah, don't turn around. You'll turn into a pillar of salt. Guess what she did? She turned around and pillar of salt. God keeps his promises. God is faithful. There's not one example within the Bible where he said something was going to happen and it doesn't. Because God, first of all, that would be a lie and God can't lie. So that automatically gets that out of the question. Um, God is going to be faithful. Proverbs 3.26 says, The Lord will be your confidence and he will keep your foot from being caught. Um, there's this theme that we see throughout the Bible of, of solidifying your footing. God not letting you slip and fall. Uh, a lot of times when I view this, I think of, of the, the foundation that Christ is for the church, you know, that we have solid ground to stand on. Um, 1 Samuel 2.9 says, 
He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. This passage shows the alternative, right? If you don't follow God, you're not going to have solid footing. and You're going you're gonna to fail in life because you don't have the blessing of God with you. Um, Ephesians 6, 11, and 13. This is actually one of the verses that we had for our vacation Bible school this summer. Uh, it, it's all about putting on the armor of God. Um, again, these blessings happen when we put on the armor of God, when we follow God, when we follow his will for our life, when we follow him wholeheartedly, he chooses to bless us. Ephesians 6, 11, and 13. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And 13 says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Uh, it's interesting that the metaphor that they use is that of, of preparing for battle. Um, something that we're going to be doing every day of our lives, right? The world's a pretty dark place today. You know, I think of our, our students who are going to public schools and... Um, some of them, you know, some schools today are teaching things that are just honestly disgusting. Things that go against the nature of God. Things that God uh, has, has very clearly condemned within his word. And they're teaching our children this from as young as preschool, kindergarten. Um, and so, so I really think, and my heart really goes out to our students, not just high school and middle school, but our college students as well. You know, they're they're going out into the world and they're being taught things that just aren't true. But when they put on the full armor of God, they can practice discernment. They can understand the right, the true from the false, the right from the wrong. Now, this is one of the gifts. This is one of the gifts that God gave us, right? We have this, this entire book that lays out what's right and what's wrong. And we need to take the time and, as I tell the students, put your noses in this book and study it so that you can defend your faith so that you can defend what it is that God wants you to defend. Uh, God will watch over us. So there's a song that I enjoyed when I was a kid. My parents probably got sick of it when I was a young lad. Uh, do any of you remember the Newsboys? Not the now Newsboys, the old Newsboys, the good Newsboys. Not that the new Newsboys aren't good, but, you know. The Peter Furler, Phil Joel... Those guys, you remember the bald guy and the guy with a lot of hair? Um, quite the contrast on stage. Uh, so Phil Joel was the bass player, uh, surfer guy from New Zealand, long blonde hair, still has it actually. Uh, he went and did it, started his solo career, and he had a, an album called Watching Over You. Some of you may remember that. Uh, the, the song, the titles after, is called God's Watching Over You. Uh, the first two verses are, I won't sing it, don't worry. I'll just read it for your sake. Uh, it opens up with, He sees you down by the waterline, knows what you're thinking all the time. He sees the rising of the waves, and when the tide starts rolling in, he lets you know it's going to be okay. He sees you dancing in the moonlight. His arms around you hold you tight. And if those clouds should start to break, he'll be standing out in the rain with you. And though it's hard to believe, he believes in you. Um, that's always, that song's always been, like I said, they probably got sick of it after a while because I'd listen to it on repeat, but um, that song always had a way of, of encouraging me, uh, knowing that God is always with me, knowing that God is always watching what I'm doing, uh, 
Honestly, that should be scary sometimes for some of us when we choose our own sinful ways instead of choosing to follow God's will. Um, just so you know, you may be able to hide things from mom and dad, from husband, from wife, but God knows what's going on. God sees everything. God knows what's happening. Um, but he's not going to leave you. He's always, always going to chase you down. You know, it makes me think of the story of the prodigal son when when we have the prodigal son returning and we have this picture of the father running out to the gate to meet his son, returning from, from living a prodigal lifestyle, from living a lifestyle of sin, of debauchery. And that, that gives us the implication that the father is scanning the horizon day by day waiting for his son to come back. He's looking for him. He's watching for him. God does the same thing, obviously. If, I don't know if you've caught this, but the father in that story is that's representative of God. Um, he's watching, he's scanning the horizon, he's chasing after you uh, when, you're, when you're spending your life in sin. He's watching for you. Psalm 38, 18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love. Again, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. So are, are you fearing him today? Are you following after him? Is your hope in his steadfast love? Psalm 34, verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around, around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Again, there, it's, it's those who fear him. We need to understand that today. Um, 2 Chronicles 16, 9a, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless towards him. Again, that's kind of the same idea of David being a man after God's own heart. You can be blameless towards him and still be a sinful human. It's the repentance that comes. It's admitting that you're living in sin and that you can't do this on your own. You need Christ to rescue you from it. Those are the people that are blameless towards him. God will provide relief for us. This one's not going to be on the screen because it's pretty long. Um, Psalm 91, 1 through 6. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the, snail of the, sna snail, from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. Uh, we have a hope in God. We have a hope in Christ. Um, he is going to keep us strengthened. Sorry, my words are being tricky right now. He's going to keep us strengthened. He's going to shelter us. Um, there, there are several words in here that we need to look at. The shelter of the Most High. We abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That's an implication of the shelter. Um, he'll cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield to protect you. You hide behind a shield when you're in battle. I don't know if any of you have ever been in a battle with a shield, but that is how that works. It's to protect you. Um, you will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrows that fly by day because you're protected by that shield, by that fortress that God is. That's, that's very comforting for me. 
the third point today, we find our blessing in God. Uh, when we choose to follow him, he offers abundant blessings. I've seen this in my own life. You know, I, Brad, Brad mentioned a few times now, uh, when he chose to follow God's call to go into full-time ministry, uh, you'll, you'll remember he mentioned the word God sightings. He started, he started writing down in a notebook different things that God was doing in his life. Uh, we had our life group just a few weeks ago um, at the Ruza's house, and, and this is something that I mentioned. Uh, when my wife and I chose to answer our call into ministry, God started working in pretty awesome ways in our lives. Um, you know, one of the biggest fears that I had, uh, actually one of the excuses that I'd made to not go into full-time ministry was the, the financial piece. You know, I, I was doing pretty well working in pest control. I owned my own company. I actually owned two of my own companies, a snow plowing business, um, which hasn't been good the last few years. <laughs> Obviously, we don't get a ton of snow anymore. And then I owned an all-natural pest control company, and I was doing pretty good. You know, I made pushing $60,000 a year, and I knew that one of the things that scared me was... You know, I, I grew up here. I know what youth pastors make. And it was significantly less than what I was making. And I kept using that as an excuse. Well, you know, I can't afford to take this big of a pay cut to go into ministry. And Brad reminded me, and actually Bob reminded me as well, because I had a conversation with Bob before he left. They both reminded me that when you follow God's will for your life, he'll take care of it. He's going to take care of you. And that's something that I've seen... It's actually kind of crazy to watch happen. That's, I think that's one of the most fun things about, about following God is, is getting to watch the way that he works, not only in your life, but in the lives of those that you love, in those that you love that are following God. Um, you know, just a few weeks ago, actually, it was, it's kind of crazy how it worked out. It was the day before our life group met. Uh, we had this, we had a looming, you know how this goes, a looming bill that was about to come out of our account, you know, automatic payments and all that. And we didn't have enough. It, it just wasn't there. Um, instead of worrying about it, we prayed. And, and Skye got, she booked a wedding that day. And the money came in to cover the bill. God, and I, guys, I can't, I can't even talk about all of them because there's so many. This has happened so many times just in the last three years uh, that we've had need and we've prayed and God has answered the need. It's, it's astonishing. It's something that I, I, I never get sick of, just watching him work in our lives. Watching him work in the lives of my family has been absolutely incredible. To see the restoration that can happen, I, it, it's nothing short of a miracle. And we have God to thank for that because when we choose to follow him, he will bless us. He will bless us. Sometimes that blessing doesn't come in our lives, right? We have, we have the church around the world, you know. We have families in Africa. Uh, this is kind of where um, m one of my biggest arguments against the prosperity gospel comes from. Is, well, if I follow God and I'm going to then be blessed financially and abundantly by that, well, then explain the third world countries who they, they follow God, some probably even better than I do, and yet they have need. They have... Um, they go hungry. They don't have shelter. Uh, they're, they're dying. Explain that. Does that mean that their faith isn't strong enough? No, no, because 
the blessings that we get from God, we have a, a tendency to focus on the physical, right? If I have faith in God, then I'm going to get a good big paycheck and I'm going to have a nice car and a big house. It's, that's not what this is about. The blessing that we come from God is an eternal blessing. The blessing that we get from God means that after I pass away, I get to spend an eternity with him. And that is the blessing that comes from God. Uh, you know, I was, I was doing a study a few years ago by uh, Francis Chan, and one of the things that he was, was doing was he had, a, uh, he had a missions trip that he was going on, and it was to a country that's not very safe. And uh, he had a friend say, I, hey, we, I don't want you to go. You're going to get killed. This isn't, this isn't safe for you. And Francis said, well, what do I have to fear? If I go to the third world country, I get to present the gospel to people who are in desperate need of it. Worst case scenario, they kill me. But that's not really a worst case scenario because if I get killed, then I, I'm in heaven. I'm immediately with God. To be absent from the body is to be present with God. So if I'm killed here on earth, I then am immediately in the presence of God for forever. That's Bring it on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and he said that, and that really stuck with me. You know, it made me wonder, why are we so afraid to share our faith? Best case scenario, you have a receptive audience. Worst case scenario, you're in the presence of God forever. And I know that we, we, we get comfortable here on earth. We get comfortable with the things that God's given us here. Um, and we tend to forget about the blessings that we have after this life is over. Um. Point A, God will keep us from evil. Again, this, is, this kind of ties into what I was just talking about. Um, he'll keep us from evil in the long run a lot of times, right? Because I've bumped into difficult circumstances from time to time here on earth. Um, I've had evil done to me. We've all had friends who've stabbed us in the back. We've all had um, Children who've said hurtful things. We've all experienced evil. We're sinful people. We can't avoid it. Everybody's sinful by nature. When you brush shoulders with people, I tell this to the students all that We're going through Peacemaker right now in Sunday school. When you brush shoulders with other sinners, which is everybody, conflict is going to happen. You're going to experience evil. It is, it is a, it's an inevitability. It's going to happen. Um, but God protects us eternally when you choose to follow him. I already read that. Uh, second point, God will keep our lives. Uh, you're going to notice, I don't know if you've noticed this. Here, let me, let me read it again for you. If I can turn back far enough. I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time and forevermore. There's one word that keeps repeating itself in there. And, and there's one thing that I've learned about Scripture. When there's repetition, that means that it's an important thing that you need to take note of. Um, the Lord is our keeper. I believe it's repeated seven times. The Hebrew word for keep is, uh, Brad's not here, so I'll probably feel free to butcher it, uh, samar, probably. 
Uh, I'll tell you exactly what my concordance says. So, um, a primitive root, properly to hedge about, to guard, to protect, to attend to, to be circumspect, to take heed, to keep, to mark, to look narrowly, to observe, to preserve, regard, reserve, save, sure, wait, or to keep watch. Within the Bible, we see that word repeated, and it's typically, or when we see a word repeated, it's typically the main point. So, God is our keeper. God, another version actually says that God keeps watch over your life. So, God keeps our life. God watches over our lives. Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20 says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land of the Lord, sworn to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. God will keep our lives. I think this is the last point. God will keep us throughout our lives. So he's going to keep our life, and he's going to continue to keep our lives. Psalm 23, verse 6. Psalm 23 is my favorite psalm. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's going to keep us here on earth. God's going to keep us in eternity with him. Now, this is something that I want for my life, and it's something that I want for all of your lives. I mentioned in the beginning of the sermon, I wasn't sure why these things were happening to, to me in, in my life with you know, all, the, all the difficulties with Owen. Um, why my son... You know, it, it's, it's really painful when you have a kid this big having seizures. It's not, a, it's not pleasant. Um, I don't even like to think about it. And, and God, but by the way, God has rescued him from this. He's pushing four years, he's pushing five years seizure-free. So God has rescued him from that. Um, during those days, Sky and I, we leaned on God a lot more. Uh, we, we prayed more found ourselves reading the Bible more. Uh, our relationship with him got much better. Our relationship with each other got much better. Um, God's capable of bringing about, bringing about great blessings through the difficulties in our lives. You know, we have this whole idea with Joseph, with his brothers selling him down the river to slavery. And, and in the end, we hear him say, you know, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. That's, the, that's exactly the case here. If I wouldn't have leaned on God during those days, I wouldn't be here standing up here this morning. Uh, if I didn't lean on God, there's no way that, that I would have answered the call to join Oakwood Bible Church and partnering you guys with ministry. Um, that's the blessing that God brought about in my life through the difficult times. When I chose to lean on him, he blessed me in an awesome way with all of you. He blessed me with the youth. He blessed me with with an amazing family, an incredibly supportive church. Uh, and it is, it's been awesome. <clears throat> the title of this passage, or this message, is Where Does Your Help Come From? Focus on that word, your. That's the question today. Where does your help come from? Are you following God with your life to a point that you can say for certain that your help comes from Him? Maybe you haven't put your faith in Christ today. You know, God did so much for you. Uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, he created everything, yet he knows your heart. 
He has so much control over everything that's happening in the world. He has so much responsibility, yet he chooses to love and to care and to know you. Put your faith in him. Because there's no one better. There's not, everybody else is going to fail you. I'm sorry. I really apologize, especially to the students here, but I'm going to fail you guys. I am. I'm human. God's not going to fail you. God's never failed anybody. He's not going to fail you. So if you haven't put your faith in him today, I, I pray that you would. It'll be the best decision you ever make in your entire life. I promise you. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we had today to spend time in your word. Lord, I pray for everybody, anybody and everybody who's hurting today, Lord. I, I pray that they would turn their eyes to you. Not to, not to the creation that you've made as beautiful as it is, Lord, we want to turn our eyes to the creator, the person, the guy who's, who's made it all for us to enjoy so that we can bring glory to you. Lord, you've never failed any one of us in our lives. You've never broken a promise. Those who you've promised blessing, you bless. Those who you've promised curse, you've cursed. Lord, thank you that we're able to follow a God who cares so much fill our lives, to choose to keep us, to choose to watch us, to choose to bless us. So Lord, I pray that we would turn to you in our difficult times. I pray that we wouldn't seek help from others, that we would seek help from you. You're the only one who can do it, so thank you. Father, I pray as we go our separate ways today that you would keep us safe, bring us back together tonight for a WANA or youth group, whatever it may be. Um, thank you. I say things in your son's name. Amen. All right, you're dismissed.